0: No one knows how many dollars are in existence today. And so actually, the whole point of the blockchain technology is for there to be a way where scarce units, which are transferable, can be known down to the last Token, the very last unit, exactly how many there are. Because if you can know that, what does that prevent? Secret inflation, unknowable inflation, you know, like quantitative easing to the thousand. We don't know how many dollars there are. It makes that not possible.
1: That's digital currency expert and controversial crypto celeb Amanda B. Johnson. Today on Your Money, Your Wealth, she answers the questions so many of us are asking. What are cryptocurrencies? What's a blockchain? Is Bitcoin safe? Why is Bitcoin so volatile? Should I own any cryptocurrency? Can cryptocurrency actually prevent secret inflation? Plus, how trading Bitcoin could ruin your mental health. And nine strategies to retire this year, so you'll have time to ponder whether or not you've made it in America. And what the heck is Billy Rock? Let's find out today on Your Money, Your Wealth. Here are Joe Anderson CFP and Big Al Clopine CPA.
2: I have an interesting show, the big rave around town cryptocurrencies well it is joe and it's like it, it's kind of what would you say
3: probably the wild west right now it's in the early days you've heard of bitcoin and and there turns out there's
2: many currencies not just bitcoin well you know what i'm finding out is that bitcoin is like kleenex yes you know what i mean kleenex is the name brand right but you could get any type of it's tissue like, it's like a xerox machine is made by hp yes <laughs> right <laughs> Hey, yeah, am Bitcoin, well then, you know, we we're, we're going to talk to Amanda Johnson a little bit later in the show and she works with Dash,
3: right? Which is another digital b- cash, an- another it's like Bitcoin, it's just a different currency.
2: Yeah, there's hundreds of yeah. these cryptocurrencies. So, um we're going to try to break things down. To be honest with you, I'm really you're not an expert? Not at all. Not really into it. Not into 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 it at all. Yeah. I I think it's interesting. Yeah. I think we're seeing a ton of volatility. Well, we are. I like the technology. I think the blockchain is definitely the future, but- I don't know. Am I, am I going to bet my overall livelihood no, on, of on, on, a, it's, on a cryptocurrency? It's but some people are, man. It's crazy. I know that is that is true. I, I actually- And I'm not going to say a word about it because whatever it's trading at today, <laughs> you know, in five minutes from now, it's going to be trading something else. And then I'm either going to look like an idiot or a genius. So it's like, all right, well, well man, do what you want to do with you your you money.
3: Know what it reminds me, Joe, a little bit is the dot-com period, which was there would be 50 companies all working on the same solution. And they all got funded from VC and they're all trying to be the winner and one made it and 49 failed and hence the dot-com bust and and i don't know what's going to happen with this nobody knows but it but there does seem in my opinion it seem to be some parallels here
2: so there's hundreds of cryptocurrencies out. right and which one do you and which invest? one do you all right so i'm gonna go with dash yeah i've never heard of dash until i met amanda b johnson <laughs> and so now i'm now I, all right and i put 10 grand in dash yeah well what what uh, doesn't make any sense to me i don't it's, think i would ever early. want to do that it's 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 early. such a speculative play
3: yeah i think pr- it would be prudent for many maybe even most people to just kind of let's just see what happens for a while
2: i don't know there was something in i don't know if it was the wall street journal or washington post or something like that this one headline was everyone's getting rich yeah and so it's that that whole fear of missing out right and, you know, this guy bought $400,000 of Bitcoin uh-huh. at a very low price. Yeah. And now he's got hundreds of million, And he's in his 30s. Right. He, he's already messed up, right? I mean, you know, to have that type of, I guess, luck that early, you know, the article just – its he's kind of um, – he's a little <laughs> off the charts.
3: But if it's the guy <laughs> that I'm thinking of um... – and it may be there. There was somebody that lost like forty-four billion. Forty-four billion. I know. I had to look at it like six times. Billion
2: in in Bitcoin. Yeah. How, how could you lose there's not that many coins is there
3: i don't know how all this works i just know that bitcoin was over eighteen thousand at one point and that's worth what? 10 or 12 i mean it depends on the hour it depends upon the day right right i mean last we checked i mean by the time you listen to this it could
2: be whatever could, yeah <laughs> right right so anyway we'll try to break that down for you we got big l's list we can talk you know uh, all sorts of good stuff that's how prepared i am <laughs> That's <laughs> just FYI. Really? Well, you got a bunch of stuff. I do.
3: All right. I, I do. I think I want to start a little bit lighter. Oh,
2: because we show. get really heavy on that show.
3: I don't know. I mean, I could jump right into taxes, but I don't really
2: feel like it. Okay. Not
3: really. All right. Not right off the bat. Sure. So, uh, anyway, there's this new um, study. It's called uh, "Making It in America." All right. And mm-hmm. um, it was a it was a survey. Put out by Thermosoft, of all things, uh, which is a company. Thermosoft. I'm not sure why they did this study, but is, is, it's an interesting study.
2: Isn't that a thermos? I don't know.
3: <laughs> could be. <laughs> so anyway, Joe, here's the thing, is they ask people what... Where do you like to camp? <laughs> no. <laughs> do, you, do you like your beverages hot or cold? Oh, We've got thermoses for both." <laughs> they ask people, have you made it? Right. Which is kind of a broad term. And then they ask, have you made it? Yes or no. And and what is, have you made it? What does that mean to you? In other words, what what do you think people thought was the most important thing to to look at as to whether they've made it?
2: All right. I would say that most people are still striving to make it, even yes. though they might have already made it. I think the people that said, yeah, I made it. I, mean, I think they might have some problems. Well,
3: let me ask it a different way. If they haven't made it, what's their definition of having made it? What do you I, think? I would say happiness. Well, that's uh, not on the list. <laughs> well, th- Because it's by, thermo- th- it's by a thermos company. <laughs> well, I'll give you the answer. 67% said they want more income. Okay. 22% that said they want a dream job. Which I guess could equate to happiness. I suppose having more income could be you'd be happy about that. Sure. Seven uh, percent said they wanted better relationships or improve their family relationships, happiness. whatever that may be. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> and seven percent want um, respect. They want recognition. They're not yep. getting. They're not getting the recognition. And so then they asked people, uh, they kind of said, "Well, what? How much do you need to make to to actually make it?" And so the average and this is just kind of an average of everybody but what they came up with was that the the average that people are making now is fifty seven thousand and the and the amount that they need to make who have made it is 147,000. Hmm. 147,000. Where did they come up with that number? It's just the 2,000 people that when the 67% of those that, that said higher income was the most important characteristic. It's like, what are you making now? What? How much do you want to make? So those are the numbers. So 147,000 was, was the, the average? average. Although it's probably skewed because I think 2% of the people wanted over 10 million. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. But anyway, I digress. I, I want to go over some of these other things. So they talked about a lot of things to make it. And so they have kind of where people are at now, on average, and where they want to be. Mm-hmm. So on average, they were single. And on average, they want to be married. Okay. So single, want to be married.
2: And married people wanted to be single.
3: <laughs> <laughs> only have single people, probably. Oh. Uh, on average, they, and this is probably young people, they had no kids, but they wanted two. Oh. That's, you've made it when you've had... Two kids. Okay, so I'm married with two kids. Oh, Big uh, Al, you made it there,
2: and you got you make ten million.
3: They, <laughs> they have, uh, best friends. They they have three. They want four. Oh, of course. They need, they need one more. Yeah, So you know. will you be my fourth? <laughs>
2: yeah, you don't want to have a third wheel. You need to force them in golf. You know, you need a buddy in your back ed, seat when you ed- drive.
3: Edu- education they 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 tended to have bachelor's degrees and they thought that was perfect so they're already there they made it on education income uh, is the 57,000 to 147 hours worked on average 34 hours per week they want to work 31 <laughs> working too much i, get, I put that 30, in in two days
1: <laughs>
3: when's the last time we did a 31 31 week?
2: Th- what's 34 <laughs> are they a barista and- yeah.
3: Starbucks? Commute time is 17 minutes and they want only 10.
2: Oh, of course. So they don't live in I want to live work 31 hours, I only want to drive 10 minutes. I want 4 friends, not 3. They
3: work uh, at an office, they want to work at home.
2: Of course they do.
3: Yeah. Time off, they get 2.8 weeks, they want 5.3. Oh,
2: this is this is like really upsetting me right now.
3: Travel? They want 3 trips a year and they're already doing it. So oh. there's no no difference there. House value. Their houses are worth two hundred forty-eight thousand, but they want the one that's worth four hundred sixty-one. <laughs> and the car. They're driving fifteen thousand dollars cars on average, and they want a forty-one thousand dollars car. So there you go. Those are some of your definitions of, of making it. Oh, that that was like really super annoying. Well, now here's another way to consider if you've made it. It's where you live. Okay. So what do you think the five top states? In other words, if you've made it, you would probably move to one of these states. States or cities? States. States. I
2: don't know. California.
3: California's number five. Very good. New York. New York's number one. All right. Very good.
2: Number two. Um,
3: Massachusetts. No. (laughs) Florida. Yes, Florida's number two.
2: All right. Arizona.
3: Nope. Good guess. Minnesota. No, but that's a good guess, too, if you like winter. Cold (laughs) as hell, get out. Anyway, think mountains. Oh, Montana. Colorado. Uh, Colorado. Okay. And the, that's the third one. Fourth one, I don't quite understand, and I apologize if you're from Texas, but uh... oh,
2: I love Texas. <laughs> Can't beat Texas.
3: <laughs> but if you want to go to a foreign country, if maybe making it is getting out of the U.S., what do you think the top foreign countries are that people want to move to?
2: Um, let's see. Australia.
3: Uh, good guess. Nope. All right. Um, they're mostly in Europe. Okay. I'll give about... you that. I'll give you that clue. European
2: countries. Mostly. <laughs> Four out of five, don't <laughs> right there. I got it. London, that's the city. What, what did you say? Country, yeah. Oh, <laughs> Britain,
3: uh, yes, England's one of them. Okay, Germany, no, nope. um, Russia. <laughs>
2: This is awful. Let's just, let's just go. Think.
3: What, what, think uh, here, let me give you some I, I don't know. I don't
2: travel abroad, Al. Think,
3: think Italian food. Okay, Italy. Right, we, number love one. Chile. Let's go think to about, South America. Uh, south of France beaches. Oh, yeah. France, number two. England, you got that, number three. Spain, number four. And more close to home, Canada, number five.
1: So people think they've made it in America if they can retire in Europe, interesting. So then the question is, how do you make it? The problem with your current advisor or stockbroker is you're probably only getting one small sliver of the entire retirement story to make it. So chances are you're missing the most significant pieces of the retirement puzzle. In order to retire successfully and comfortably to truly make it, you need the whole story and everything needs to work together. You can see that with our personalized assessment. There's no cost or obligation, so you've got nothing to lose. In this customized face-to-face meeting, you'll discover concrete steps to mitigate your risk, simple strategies to convert your savings into income in retirement, how to avoid the retirement tax trap that could needlessly cost you tens of thousands of dollars in taxes, penalties, and fees, how to protect everything you've worked for from the surprising cost of health care, Medicare, and long-term care, plus how to avoid the simple retirement planning mistakes that could cost you thousands. This analysis is ideally suited for people who are recently retired or retiring in the next five to ten years. Now, if you learned just one thing in this meeting it could change everything about your retirement get your free retirement analysis by calling 888-994-6257 that's 888-994-6257 don't leave anything to chance call right now 888-994-6257
2: so here was a tweet you tweet now no i don't you gotta get a twitter i don't uh, I, i don't tweet that's your handle Big Al. Yeah. Shit. I should. You gotta get the mustache back I got too, bro. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta get it back.
3: All right. I'll grow up back. Maybe maybe sometime this year.
2: Well, it's winter. Well, this is a perfect time for yeah. the big Al stash.
3: Well, I'm going on vacation in February to Chile. So Oh
2: maybe if I you should... don't have a like a, a big mustache by yeah. Chile mustache. I I should start it before I go. I right? think so. Well it'll probably take you three days to get a big <laughs> caterpillar. it you maybe. I don't know. Um Bitcoin low key may be depressed today. Twitter used on Wednesday. So this is this came out from Market Watch. Okay. January eighteenth. So just a couple days ago. Yeah. We've seen some fluctuations at Bitcoin. We have. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, boy. So Robert Schiller, you know yes. who he is, right? Oh, sure. Nobel Prize winning uh, economist, professor at Yale University has called bet. cryptocurrency craze a marvelous study of human behavior. It's providing valuable information about how millions of human brains process um, in the case of public acceptance, imagination, and innovation surrounding cryptocurrencies. Mm-hmm. So everyone's just kind of glued into this cryptocurrency craze. Right. And just uh, not necessarily buying into it, but I think just looking at the human behavior. And you and I have been talking about cryptocurrencies more in the last couple of months than I. I, I mean, yeah. I still am confused on what. Well, that's why we're going to have Amanda Johnson on here shortly. But there's studies now, um, and there's some concern, of course, you know, in the world about um, sudden large losses of wealth affect mental health. So when studying the effects of the 2008 market crash, um, researchers at College of William & Mary and John Hopkins found that those who lost wealth had increased feelings of depression and used antidepressant drugs. Really? Imagine that. So you just lost 400000 Woo! <laughs> I'm not going to be depressed. I'm going to be fired up. That's, yeah, I can make it back. The effects were more significant among those who had high levels of stock holdings before the crash. So what they're saying now, because of how volatile these cryptocurrencies are, and there's this big craze, and oh, oh I mean, dude, Bitcoin was up what twenty thousand? Yeah. it's high. It's almost lost half its value in a yeah, month. It was at least eighteen. And I, I know at one point this week it was down to ten thousand. One famous study from 1978 compared 22 major lottery winners. With 29 paralyzed accident victims. Okay. As well as um, um, in a control group. The researchers from the University of Massachusetts in Northwestern found that the lottery winners were no happier than the control group. Really? So these 29 paralyzed accident victims versus 22 lottery winners. And they were were no happier. Nope. And no happier than they were uh, with themselves in the past. They also took less pleasure... In mundane events, the accident victims were only slightly unhappier than the control group when asked about everyday tasks. Okay, interesting.
3: So, money is uh, does not buy you love, right? And happiness.
2: You know, th- that was. That... <laughs> I think we heard that a long time ago. Those who have lost nearly everything can find happiness," said uh, So, so you, so what you're telling me is happiness is kind of an internal job. Yeah, author Janine Roth lost her life savings in the Bernie Madoff scandal. She said she was able to recover, though she sometimes feels angry about the past. That was one of the best things that ever happened to me in my life, she told Oprah in a recent interview. I had to focus on what I had. Now what I didn't have, I had to bring my mind back from the terror of starting to focus on what was good. Hmm. So I guess some bad things I guess you can make lemonade, lemonade out of lemons? lemons.
3: Yeah, I think you can. I, I I can recall my reaction of the Great Recession. And I I actually I had some money in the stock market, but most of my investments at that time were real estate and I, I watched those go way down. And it was tough. It was really tough. I I was um as I told you, Joe, I was thinking, well, I I couldn't fully retire, but I thought maybe I can semi-retire and work part-time. Right. right. And that went out the window with the real estate. <laughs> but I'll tell you something that, in my opinion, a great thing that happened with the Great Recession is it is it refocused uh, values. Our, our sense of values, I, I think we were pretty focused anyway on family and things like that, But but it even made it stronger. It's like... Do we really need to buy these things? And, and it's that's not really what makes you happy. You're, you're, we're kind of forced to spend less for a while. Sure. And I think that
2: was a really good exercise. But uh, the market is going to turn. The cryptocurrencies are either going to take off or blow up. Um, but I think you have to be prepared for that and have a strategy to, to know what to do when it happens. Right. Instead of being in shock and going into depression Right, you have to have a defensive strategy to say, all right, if the market blows up, if it's down 20, 30, 40%, your million dollars is now worth 600,000. What are you going to do? Are you going to freak out or are you going to, you know, say, all right, well, here, this is just common market behavior and making sure that you continue to save into your 401k plans. Do not sell out of the overall markets. Right, because it's there's going to be a time where you're going to say and you're going to think and you're going to hear this is like this time it's different. This time it's different. It's not going to be different. The the, the situation, you know, or the the event, the events might be a little bit different, but not the investments. But not the investments, right? So you just want to make sure that you have a strategy in place, and you want to make sure that you're taking a look at your overall portfolio right now to say, if I lose 40%, 30%, 20%, what is this strategy? What am I going to do? How disciplined am I going to be? Because the most successful investors are extremely disciplined. They're intelligent in regards to their overall money. Now, Bitcoin and Dash and all these cryptocurrencies, it's a lot of fun to watch. It's a lot of fun to you know to understand and get educated in, in some instances. I'm not really that interested, but I'm saying this because we have a guest <laughs> next segment that i want to promote and her name is uh, susan b johnson amanda amanda susan b <laughs> anthony is a coin
3: <laughs> i know exactly what you're thinking that's pretty good you combine the, the just, coin and johnson
2: yes. <laughs> uh, anyway all right, all right so let's stick around for that uh al and i are gonna have some fun i'm probably gonna sound like a complete moron but there's nothing new there
1: Do you have that plan in place for what happens if the market blows up? Do you have an overall strategy that takes into account income, risks, assets, inflation, social security, and taxes? You probably believe that you don't have any control over paying taxes, right? But it's not true. In fact, you've got more control over how much you pay in taxes in retirement than at any other time in your life. But your stockbroker, your financial advisor, even your tax preparer may not understand how to lower your taxes in retirement because that's not their area of expertise. The only way to lower your taxes in retirement is by having a forward-looking tax efficient. Efficient strategy. Find out how you can legally pay fewer taxes than ever before with our new personalized tax reduction analysis. In this analysis, you'll discover techniques specifically designed just for you on forward-looking tax strategies to keep more of your hard-earned money in your pocket. There's no cost and no obligation, so you've really got absolutely nothing to lose. Get your complimentary personalized tax reduction analysis by calling 888 994 6257. That's 888-994-6257.
3: Alan, it's that time of the show. Yes, and it's always the best part of our show because we have people way more intelligent than us. And and today is absolutely no exception. We've got an
2: expert in cryptocurrencies. Yeah, You and I have been trying to talk about this for the last couple <laughs> we, of months and just butchering. It. <laughs> Krypton, uh, cri- <laughs> crypto. Yeah, what the hell is cri- this thing, crypto- right? Bi- Bitcoin, blockchain.
3: Wh- what? Chain block. And I was
2: like, enough <laughs> is enough. <laughs> we are going to get an expert on yes. this program uh, to explain it. So we have Amanda on the line, and she is the expert. I think so. And Al is now one of uh, the I'm big follower. I'm one of her key
3: students because <laughs> I watched her first uh, four videos uh, earlier today.
2: So Amanda, hey, welcome to the show.
0: Thank you, Joe. Thank you, Al.
2: Hey, well, just give our uh, listeners a little bit of a backdrop of you know your your experience. Uh, how you became one of the top cryptocurrency females in America from a small town outside of um, Salt Lake City.
0: Sure. So I'd come from an abiding interest in money and monetary policy, basically. And so back in 2013, I first heard of cryptocurrency, and I decided to look into it, When I heard someone make the compelling case to me that it it could become like money one day, like money, like dollars money. And I thought that was interesting, so I looked into it, and uh, I've been writing and speaking about it ever since.
2: So let's kind of break things down. What the heck is Bitcoin?
0: In real simple terms. (laughs) Sure, sure. So Bitcoin was the first cryptocurrency uh, and a lot of people assumed that it would be like the only one. Uh, but what has actually happened in the nine years since it was created is that many others have been invented. And so what's happening now is there's a sort of competition going on, which is to see which one of these cryptocurrencies actually earns the title of, dare we say, a Money someday, and and that term that you used earlier, blockchain, that is actually the name of the technology. That do you know what a ledger is, Joe or Al? Like a ledger? Yes, I'm an
3: accountant. I got that down cold. I can even I I can even I, I can even do a handwritten one if you want.
0: So you, so you guys live and breathe ledgers, so you know exactly what I'm talking about then when I say that a blockchain is just a digital way to do a ledger over the internet where everyone can see the contents of the ledger, and it's the people who run the software of the ledger who make updates to it. So if you have a cryptocurrency wallet, let's say you have a Dash wallet. Dash is my personal favorite. I am the spokesperson for Dash, actually. So if you have a Dash wallet and you want to send me, Amanda, some Dash, you tell your wallet to send me, let's say, $10 worth of Dash. Your phone then sends a ping to someone out in the world who's running the Dash software, meaning they have a copy of the ledger, and their computer will stamp your transaction to me into that digital ledger, and then, ping, it appears on my phone, in my wallet.
3: So then, do you know how much I have in my wallet, or you just you just know something appeared in your wallet?
0: Wow, that is a very good question. So, it depends on the cryptocurrency you're talking about. If you're talking about a cryptocurrency which, say, does not offer privacy, like like a Bitcoin, for example... I would, in fact, be able to look at a copy of the Bitcoin ledger and look up the transaction you sent me. And yes, I would be able to see the balance of the account. And mind you, you can have numerous accounts within the same wallet. But I would be able to see the balance of the account that you used to send that to me. Now, this is one of the ways Dash differentiates itself from the pack in that Dash has a mechanism within its wallet that says, you know what, I don't want the person I send Dash to to be able to see my account balance. So go ahead and obscure that on the blockchain. And so if you had sent me Dash in a private manner, then no, I would not be able to see how much your account held. Hmm.
2: So let's back up here because I'm already confused. (laughs) So the whole basis of cryptocurrency is to decentralize um, a higher being to be in control Um, So basically we can trade a currency or buy goods and services without a a central bank um, uh, that might have overseen um, powers and control over the overall currency. So give me an an, an idea of why the blockchain in Bitcoin and all the other coins and Dash and – I believe Dash is what? Another (laughs) form of coin. Yes. So, right? Why – Why did it become? What What's the whole basis of it?
0: The basis, and actually, you can see this in the 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 white paper that was written by the mysterious person who invented this blockchain technology. Uh, His pseudo name is Satoshi Nakamoto. But actually, the basis it it doesn't really have to do with centralization or decentralization or any of these sort of buzzwords that you hear thrown around. What it actually has to do with is having a way that a monetary supply can be known. Because Joe, Al, how many dollars are there in existence today? You can tell me, right? How many dollars there are?
3: No. I know it's in my wallet. (laughs) About $4.
0: (laughs) Yeah. So no, no one knows how many dollars are in existence today. Not even Janet Yellen knows. And so actually the whole point of the blockchain technology is for there to be a way Where scarce units, which are transferable, can be known down to the last token, the very last unit, exactly how many there are. Because if you can know that, what does that prevent? Secret inflation, unknowable inflation, you know, like quantitative easing to the, you know, thousand, we don't know how many dollars there are. It, it, It actually, it makes that not possible.
3: And so that's, uh, that, so that's all about making money transparent, it sounds like. Yes. So uh, I, I went on Wikipedia, which we all know is the, the source for everything you'd want to know. Right, it's like yeah. WebMD. Yeah. And they said they, they came up with 44 active cryptocurrencies as of uh, today. And I, there's probably lots more than that, but there's 44 that they've listed. So how in the heck would a person know which one to pick or what's going to be the winner? Or, or it, To me, it seems pretty confusing.
0: Well, that was the exact question that I was asking myself starting probably two years ago. So, two years ago, I was the host of a daily cryptocurrency news show on YouTube called The Daily Decrypt. And as I'm reporting on these different competitors in the space day after day, I thought exactly what you just asked me, which is, well, which one should I buy? C- certainly, they have to differ from each other in some way. How can I tell for myself which is better than which one? And so, that is basically what I've spent the last uh, actually two to three years doing, which is coming up with some metrics that I could use for myself, for my own personal investment, to try to make predictions of, okay, because of mechanism A, this cryptocurrency will likely fare better than this other cryptocurrency. And so my job title makes it obvious which cryptocurrency I think will will become money in the long run. And so, you know, that's, I mean that's a question that each each investor has has to ask himself just like with anything.
3: So what how now let me ask you another question. How do people know like I guess whichever currency they pick but how do they know this is safe? It's secure. It's not going to there's not going to be mistakes, there's not going to be issues or it's not the the software is going to blow up right, and someone's going to hack into my right. wallet. <laughs> right. Yeah, what how is all this being safeguarded?
0: Right. So when I first started looking into that, I thought to myself, all right, so the first thing we can know about the computer code that any given cryptocurrency network is reliant upon is that all of them, or rather the good ones, are open source. So that means that any code that is in there is at least knowable, right? So if it's knowable, the next question in determining security is, okay, As you said, can it be hacked or, you know, to use your more flavorful term, can the software blow up? So in that case, a prime example of what we're doing in Dash is we have offered a sizable bug bounty through uh, a company called Bug Crowd. And we're basically offering uh, substantial sums, actually, in dollars. They don't even have to take, you know, dash. Uh, in dollars, we're, we're basically hiring white hat hackers, which means people who, you know, they don't want to mess you up. They just want to find your, your bugs if you have them. And, and we've had that bounty program going for six months with, you know, no vulnerabilities found yet, no major vulnerabilities. But beyond that, fellas, we also have to realize that any hacker in this world who could claim hey i was the one who took down whatever xyz coin that would make him like the coolest hacker ever and so you've got to know this stuff is being tested all day and night there are already people trying to break these systems all day and night so for every day that goes by and a cryptocurrency is not broken like that's that's really the best that's the best way to gauge its security
2: but there is really no intrinsic value to a cryptocurrency or any you know gold for that matter it doesn't yeah. produce anything. It's it's a speculative type of investment play at this point. Well, if you, uh, if, you if, if you buy it as an investment, right? But so but so what? Uh, Bitcoin, for instance, they're only going to have what twenty five million coins, or and then it stops at that. Or well, how many coins is Dash going to have? Or whatever pot <laughs> coin? <laughs> oh, you read the list. <laughs> so it stops at some point, doesn't it?
0: it does. Well, the way the code is currently written, it stops. Now, here's where things get interesting, fellas, because that code is open source, as I had said before, which means that it can be changed by humans. So here is where in the next handful of years, people are going to start realizing that these cryptocurrency networks, it's about trust. Meaning a customer needs to be able to trust that the people running software for a given network, will not change the promises that they've made. Because yes, Bitcoin's current code, for example, it says 21 million coins and and no more will be created. But guess what? The network science says that if 51% of the people running Bitcoin's network update their software to lift that coin cap, it can be done. And so, We're going to go from this realm where we are now, which is, it seems all kind of like, you know, magic and mathematical and, you know, based on code in the cloud. People are going to begin to realize that, oh, it's actually, it's still just human beings behind these networks. And so we are going to only want to use a currency that's run by people who we believe are trustworthy.
1: Cryptocurrencies are taking a volatile spin and markets are at all-time highs, at least at the time of this recording, but what's going to happen next? Whatever you hear in the media, you have to understand your current overall situation and make sure that you've got a game plan moving forward so that you can do all the things that you want to do in retirement. If you want a successful retirement, what can you learn from people who have already retired successfully? As it turns out, it's probably a lot. One thing's for sure, retiring successfully today is never an accident. A single common denominator is that they all have a plan. A sound, thoughtful retirement game plan that addresses everything. Income, risk, assets, inflation, taxes... Social Security, healthcare, Medicare, long term care, and so much more. Let us prove to you how easy it is to get started with our financial assessment. We've helped hundreds of people right here in Southern California and we can help you too. It doesn't cost you a dime for your initial analysis, so you've got nothing to lose. There's no analysis paralysis. Take advantage of this free customized analysis by calling 888 994 6257. That's 888 994 6257. We'd love to do this for everyone, but with the extensive amount of work that goes into each customized analysis, we simply can't do it. So this is first come, first served. Here's your chance. Call right now. 888-994-6257. That number again is 888-994-6257.
2: Welcome back to the show. Show's called Your Money, or Wealth. Joe Anderson here, Certified Financial Planner, Big Al Clopline. We're talking to Amanda Johnson about cryptocurrencies. So it's a belief system. So there's got to be belief that there's going to be value Um, for the particular coin, and that's why it's significantly volatile. And so we're we're seeing these coins, um, you know, the the volatility on them is is something else.
0: Sure. And, And volatility is also, I think, in part caused by just how small the cryptocurrency market is right now compared to other markets. You know, I mean, we see headlines of, you know, these big astronomical gains or big astronomical losses. So it sounds like, oh, well, you know, that's a huge market. But compared to, you know, like uh, the market capitalization of uh, a major national currency like dollar or ruble or euro, uh, it's still relatively small. And so it doesn't take very big buys or very big sells to make those kinds of big moves.
2: Can you just explain it a couple of minutes? Because I'm still just, I just I'm making myself look like a complete moron. You need to watch her videos. Well, well, we got some minutes here. Maybe she can give us a five-minute lesson on just the simplest form ABC of what a cryptocurrency is, the blockchain, the pros and cons um, to them, and then what the future might hold.
0: Sure. So a blockchain is a digital ledger that never gets updated, but only added to. Meaning, if we're looking at uh, the, the Dash blockchain and I send you some Dash, it's not so much that my account balance gets you know erased and then updated. You know, if we're imagining it being written in pencil on paper, my account balance doesn't get erased, but rather just a new page a brand new page is added to the ledger that reflects minus one, Amanda, plus one, Joe. And so the blockchain is, if we, if we were to consider every new page in the ledger, if instead of calling it a page, we called it a block, and it's after we added enough pages, instead of calling it a stack of pages, we called it a chain of blocks, that, that, that's what a blockchain is. Is just a continually growing, continually updated digital ledger. And now, how how does it get updates made to it? Who has the right to make those updates? When do they get to make the updates? I don't know if we can fit that into this segment, but if I may, I made a short video series that talks about precisely this. It can be watched in under an hour. It's kind of snappy. It's called Dash School, and it's on YouTube and it describes exactly what you're asking about which is you know what the what the heck is this you know weird sounding technology and why should i trust that it isn't just you know a big tulipy ponzi you know scam
2: so the blockchain technology is the key and then all of the other cryptocurrencies such as you know there's hundreds of them um, are utilizing the blockchain technology, the ledger system that can never be erased. It's just getting added to. so it's there forever and for everyone to see to br- to create some transparency so we know what's out there. And then the cryptocurrencies are using that blockchain technology uh, to create their currencies to get it to the public?
0: Right. So so each cryptocurrency runs on its own blockchain. So there's a Dash blockchain which is different from the Bitcoin blockchain, which is different from the Dogecoin blockchain. They each have their own.
3: So what what do you think is going to happen in the future? It doesn't seem to me like there could be hundreds of these currencies forever. I mean, isn't there going to be some... Don't, don't you think there'll just be a few winners or maybe one winner? What, what's, your, what, what's your thought of the future?
0: I do think precisely that. I think that we are currently in this sort of blooming stage where as i heard someone put it years ago when when a lo- when you know these n- more and more coins started coming out i heard someone say let a thousand flowers bloom because at first i was thinking to myself this is so silly why, why are these new coins being created you know we should just stick with the one bitcoin and and anything that has been created after bitcoin is just detracting from bitcoin's network effect and someone said to me let a thousand flowers bloom and and I realized that's the stage we're in now where, by the way, anyone can start a cryptocurrency. They just need to convince other people to run the software with them because it, 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 it's a network thing. If only one person is running the cryptocurrency software, well, that's that's not much of a network, is it? So, so the Dash network, for example, has 4,800 computers around the world run by people who decided to run them. And and anyone can start one of these. And so, yes, while many of the coins out there, maybe even most of the coins, are just kind of crappy, uh, we're in the stage where as many flowers as can bloom will. And then we will enter, just like you said, uh, a stage where things start getting weeded out. And and that weeding out process will weed out, I think, probably most of them. And yes, we will likely end up with, you know, a few coins or maybe even one coin that functions as a, you know, if I may, a sort of like gold 2.0, dare I say. And then perhaps other currencies begin being issued around that with that coin being the backing
2: being well, I, the reserve, I think it all has to deal with the merchant though, too, doesn't it? I mean, it if does. I have something,
1: they, that they I think that it. I can.
2: They gotta accept it. So if I have a a a, a wallet full of dash, and <laughs> no take, one. Do you take, you take dash? dash or do, no? We no, just take Visa. <laughs> Damn it! But
3: but I'm I'm just thinking out loud. It, so there's Visa, there's Mastercard, right? There's, there's American Express. So there, are, I think you can have more than one, but they have to be universally accepted.
0: And and that is exactly what needs to happen right now within the crypto sphere, and to some extent is happening. Uh, if I may, give, because, because if not, then they, really, then they really are completely worthless, are they not? If, if I can't buy something with my Dash, it truly is worthless. And so that is what we are working on full force right now. Uh, if you were to go to a website like discoverdash.com, you would find that we are closing in on about 650 merchants around the world accepting dash and our primary goal is just to increase that number because that is the only way that dash will be useful is if you can buy something with it sure
2: and so that, that needs to be probably 100 million merchants yeah, it does. but
3: uh-huh. how do you, how do you get dash coins do you, how, where do you where do you where do you and buy how them they mind? <laughs> <laughs> i don't where where do you
0: so, what, I mean, where do you put yeah, money? the easiest way is through online exchanges. So um I believe that the exchange they're based in Florida, I think. Uh they are uphold.com. Uh uphold.com recently started selling Dash for credit card. Uh I think that's probably one of the easier ways. Yeah. Hmm.
2: So if I were just to buy any type of cryptocurrency, yeah, is what exchange would I go to?
0: Yeah, So it depends on what you want to buy it with. So because each exchange accepts different forms of payment, some accept a credit card, like I had just said about Uphold. Um, others only accept a bank wire and still others only accept cryptocurrencies themselves. And so, for example, like what what kind of payment method are you talking about?
2: Well, I don't know. I have cash. I want to, yeah. I, want know, to put, I want
3: to put it in a machine and get some debt or, or I
2: don't know or <laughs> you, you know a brokerage account so I want to have a diversified portfolio and maybe I want 1% of my portfolio in cryptocurrencies because I have 2% in gold and I have some you know natural resources and I have stocks and bonds and real estate well maybe I want to diversify into cryptocurrencies how would I go about doing that
0: yeah, I mean that, that would be your uphold.com. Uh, in terms of a bro- a brokerage who like uh, handles the buy and maybe keeps the keeps the cryptocurrency for you. Uh, I'm not quite sure, but the thing about cryptocurrency is that you can just you can you can possess it yourself. So that's one of the more novel things about it whereas if you're going to have a lot in dollars a lot of people would say, hey, I want that sitting in a bank account. I don't necessarily want that in cash, you know, in my house. Uh, it's it's a different case with cryptocurrency in that there is no cost to store it yourself. You you don't have to leave it with a broker or, or a, a website if you don't want to. And in fact, it's recommended that you don't because it's kind of the Wild West right now, right? And so, If I'm a hacker and I'm out there looking to steal as much cryptocurrency as I can, where do I look first? I look to these exchanges, because they're these huge honeypots, right? And so it's actually better to keep your coins yourself, and you can keep them on your phone. You can keep them on your desktop computer, and you just buy them on a site like Uphold.com or WallOfCoins.com. Or, or if you want to, or even like Coinbase.com. They don't sell Dash yet, but they do sell some cryptocurrencies there as well.
2: So if I lose my phone, I'm...
0: <laughs>
2: yeah. Well, John it's the
0: same, I, it's same as if you lose your wallet. just keep asking all the good questions. So what if you lose your phone? That I'm... is the perfect question to ask, and that is why when you create a wallet, you press the little button that says, Back Up This Wallet. It shows you 12 words. You write them down on a piece of paper. you yes. gonna lose the
2: paper, Amanda. I swear to god. <laughs> All these put passwords. It, put it in your you know, What's what's my mom's maiden name? What's my first dog <laughs> treat that I gave it when I was 12? You don't oh, know your mom's maiden name. Yeah, it's, it's, it's Anderson. It's and my, my mother married. Another my mother's Anderson. maiden name is Anderson. My father's last name was Anderson. So every single time, you're right, what's your mother's maiden name? Anderson. No, her maiden name. <laughs> I know what her maiden name is. It's Anderson. And no, they weren't related. Oh, they no. weren't cousins? I
0: know your mother's maiden name now. I'm going to hack you now. Oh, yes, my Perfect. Goodness.
2: Yeah, my first dog was named Muggsy. And my first car was a um, <laughs> Pontiac 6000 station yeah. wagon, LE, 1987, baby and see, blue. And once you get the 60, you won't remember <laughs> that anymore. So then, it gets tougher. Amanda, I could talk to you for hours. We've already blown up the clock. Um, So where did they go to get more information? You got a great YouTube channel. Big Al is your biggest fan. It's like Netflix. You know, it's like seven (laughs) minutes long, and then you just get suckered in. And he was in his office for like four hours all
3: day. I watched the first four. I got hooked, and and the and the next one starts when the when the when the first one stops. It's fantastic.
0: Yeah. So I. So yes. I mean, on YouTube, just type in uh, Amanda B Johnson, basically. But um, if you'd, you know, I I want to tell you that cryptocurrency is super easy to use right now. And I want to give you a website where you can just go, you know, download with the click of a button, clickety click. But guess what? It's not that easy yet. That's why there's still so much potential profit to be made, because it's still hard and it's still risky to get engaged in right now. So more than anything, I'd actually just encourage you to find a young nerd like me and ask them to show you how to do this stuff in person, because guess what? That's the best way to learn, and that's how I learned.
1: So right. we're, we're, N- Next we're, time you're in San Diego, yeah, you know, can Amanda show
2: Amanda B. Well, hey, <laughs> what does the B stand for in Amanda B?
0: Um, Like a, like, an, like an old sort of internet handle, Billy Rock, actually.
2: Whoa. Billy Rock. Wow. B- Amanda Billy Rock Johnson. Well
0: that,
2: gosh, Yeah. <laughs> that's fantastic. Oh. All right. Well, there she is, Amanda Billy Rock Johnson, folks, uh, cryptocurrency expert. Um, I'm still confused, but this was. Uh, I'm, you know, I'm getting you know there. a thousand percent more uh, than oh,
3: you way did more. before this interview,
2: right? Yes.
1: Okay, I know a bunch more now too, but I wonder about cryptocurrencies and taxes. How does that work if you've got some digital currency in your portfolio? Another important topic for another podcast, because taxes don't stop when your paycheck does. In fact, tapping your retirement nest egg comes with all sorts of new rules and opportunities. Instead of contributing to tax-deferred plans that reduce your taxes, you'll start tapping those savings for income and paying taxes at your regular rate unless you're tapping into a Roth IRA. So as you near retirement, tax planning becomes more important than ever, but you must Use a forward thinking tax strategy because you've got more control over paying taxes in retirement than you think, actually, more so than at any other time in your life. Find out how you can legally pay fewer taxes than ever before with our new personalized tax reduction analysis. In this analysis, you'll discover techniques specifically designed just for you on forward-looking tax strategies to keep more of your hard-earned money in your pocket. There's absolutely no cost and no obligation, so you've got nothing to lose. Get your complimentary tax reduction analysis at 888-994-6257. That's 888-994-6257. Time now for Big Al's List. Every week, Big Al Clopine scours the media to find the best tips, do's and don'ts, mistakes, myths, and advice to improve your overall financial picture in handy bullet point format. This week, nine strategies for how to retire in 2018. This comes to us from Emily Brandon,
3: staff writer for U.S. News. And I thought uh, some of our listeners may be retiring this year or thinking about retiring this year or next year. This will still work for next year. But here's some of the things that you have to consider, uh, according to this article. I think she did a pretty good job. Number one is set set up health insurance. And that's that's one that sometimes you don't really think about that much because you're employed and your employer pays for health insurance. And realize this, that Medicare, that starts on your 65th birthday, not before. You can sign up for it three days before three months before your 65th birthday and your 65th birthday month, and three months after you turn 65. But if you retire younger than 65, you're going to have to get your own health insurance. And right now, you can you can usually get it through your state's health insurance exchange or perhaps purchase it from another source. But you're not going to want to go without health insurance, mainly just because if there's some kind of catastrophic illness it could wipe out your savings
2: well you know i think with retiring early people have to understand the cost
3: yeah it's and your your costs or your spend is probably going to go up because you got to add health insurance to that no
2: that's what i mean mm-hmm. you know, your health insurance could cost a couple thousand bucks a month easily right so, right. so you know, now, add now, another twenty some odd thousand dollars to your living expenses. Right. You thought you were spending seventy five thousand. You're
3: really spending a hundred. Right. And that's it, and that's before you, because most people they want to travel more and do things like that when they retire. And
2: here's the problem with the math. And you and I have done a, a few financial plans, you know, yes. we've seen the numbers. And if you're planning on seventy five, but all of a sudden that number goes to ninety five. In this instance, in. Um, in early retirement, you have to be extremely careful of how that money's managed because if we see a dip in the overall market, and now you're taking out twenty thousand, twenty five thousand dollars additional monies, you know, to cover that health insurance before you bridge the gap to Medicare at sixty five, right? And you have a downturn, and you're taking more money from the portfolio, it gets very, very difficult to get caught up, in right? A, you have to really start shopping this, taking a look at it, practicing can you live within that parameter of dollar, right? So if you're spending seventy five but you can't you know, because there's another twenty five thousand dollars of expense, well now you got to tone your living expense to maybe to fifty thousand dollars. You have to look at all aspects of this because if you're going to retire early, your money needs to last that much longer. And if you have a dip in the market earlier, depending on how you're invested, it could it could hurt you.
3: Yeah. Now Joe, if you're if you're relatively healthy, you might want to look at a high deductible plan. Well, HSA or? or HSA, yeah, to lower the premiums. But make sure you've got something just for catastrophic illness. Uh, the next couple things, Joe, I think are related. So I kind of want to do them together. Uh, tally your income and create a spending plan. And and so here's what this means. It means you got to take a look at what your fixed income sources are. It could be Social Security, maybe your so- Social Security age, or maybe you're younger, but look at what it's going to be. Look at what pension plans you might have. Maybe you have a rental property, maybe you don't. What are your fixed income sources before you look at your portfolio? Let's start with that, okay? And let's just say that's 50 Grand, then look at what you're spending. And I want to spend a hundred thousand. So my fixed income's fifty, I wanna spend a hundred. So I need to get fifty thousand dollars from my portfolio. So then you sort of go to your portfolio and, and you you kinda wanna do that math. You kinda wanna do that ratio. So if you got a million dollars, if you're pulling fifty thousand dollars out, that's a five percent distribution rate. That might be a little bit steep. We might recommend, depending upon your age, more like three or three and a half or four percent distribution rate. The younger you are, probably the lower percentage that you want. If, the later you retire, like let's say you retire at age seventy, you probably could get away with a five percent spend spending rate, unless your your, your longevity is is. You think it's going to be really long?
2: Yeah, it, it could very well be too.
3: And and so it's it's that it's that mathematical computation, and you can do that right now. Like, let's say you want to retire in three years from now, just do some simple math to see are you on track, and try to make sure that your distribution rate, just how much you need to spend or that you want to spend over and above your fixed income. You divide that into your portfolio, and you come up with a percentage. And you kind of want that percentage to be below four percent. Now, that's that's a that's a, a rule of thumb. <laughs> there's there's a lot of exceptions to that, but at least you can find out if you're in the right ballpark. Sure.
2: Uh, yeah, it's. I I think that rule is only good to see if I'm close.
3: Yeah, it's. It, you're not going to use that for your retirement income strategy, but it's, uh, hopefully you're not. <laughs> it, you shouldn't, because there's a lot more to it than that. But at least you can determine, like like for example, if I need fifty thousand dollars a year from my portfolio, and I've got a hundred thousand dollar portfolio.
2: It's not going to work. The that's a fifty
3: percent distribution. Another way to think about that is I'm going to last have income for two, two years, years, and now I got to reduce my spending to fifty grand and and be living, you know, a whole different kind of lifestyle. Right. Yeah. Uh, the next thing, Joe, would be to look at your four hundred one k. Do you want to keep it? in the 401k? Do you want to roll it over to an IRA? A lot of people roll it over to an IRA, but Joe, there's pros and cons in that.
2: Yeah. If you're retiring early, let's say if I'm separating from service at 55, there's no 10% penalty if I take distributions for my 401k at 55 or older. So you probably don't want to roll it into an IRA because then you jam yourself up and you can't take the money out until 59 and a half without a 10% penalty unless you use a 72T tax election, which is a little bit cumbersome. It it is, and and you may not get as much income as you want. Right. Yeah. Um, Or if on the other side, if I'm still working, if I'm in my 70s and I'm continuing to work, well, then I definitely don't want to roll it out. I want to get all the money into that 401k if I'm an active participant in a large plan, because then there is no required minimum distribution on that 401k as long as I'm an active participant in the plan. Then my uh, required distribution starts after I separate from service. It starts April 1st the following year. So, you know, there's pros, absolutely huge pros to keep it in your 401k plan. So you don't necessarily want to move it out. And But who who should or wh- wh- what would be... I think at some point, and uh, I mean, to be blunt, everyone should... Have it in an IRA at one point in their life. I think consolidation is key. I think the rules when it comes to IRAs at death, when it comes to stretch IRAs and haired IRAs, are more favorable than retirement plans such as 401ks or 403bs. Um, So, you know, you got better investment choices, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, because you got the whole smart, you got the whole
3: spectrum. 401k, you may have the 20. uh, 20 investments, 20 mutual funds that the fund manager picked for you.
2: Right. And then, but uh, in 401k plans, you have ERISA protection. You do. So, that's right. So, you so, got to consider that. So, but but it depends on what you're trying to protect because IRAs still have that same protection if it came from a 401k, depending on if I'm getting sued. Um, or if it's bankruptcy, so there's different liability coverages. So you just want to understand. All right, well, do you think I'm going to get sued, or do you think I'm going to file bankruptcy? I mean, so you just want to take all those things in consideration. Right.
3: Another thing you may want to do is is take a look at your portfolio, and, and we see lots of mistakes there. We we kind of tend to see a couple extremes. We see people that say, you know, Joe Al, I'm comfortable with the market. It always seems to trend up. I'm I'm all in. And then it's when in retirement and you're pulling money out. The rules work a little bit differently because if you're taking money out of your IRA, your trust account, your 401k, at the same time when the market is correcting, which it hasn't done for a while, by the way, and it will at some but, point. But here's
2: what people are doing, man. I mean, our firm manages quite a bit of money, and you know, and we see a lot of new individuals, and there's a so much overconfidence
3: there it is especially right now
2: because of the markets are up almost 300% since 2009 and it's like whoa, you know look at my rate of return i'm up 17% what's your benchmark what are you doing yeah i love 17 20% rates of return as well but you got to be careful yes. you know it's like hey well let me load up a little bit more on equities like are you what you have to look at the long term here what are you trying to accomplish take the least amount of risk possible To accomplish your goals, yeah. Now, if you're in your 20s, 30s, and 40s, you know, then yeah, have a 100% equity portfolio, yeah, or 80, 90%,
3: something high, sure, because you can weather the storm,
2: right? But if I'm, you know, now I'm 60s, 70s, I'm looking to retire over the next five, 10 years, then that's where you have to be a little bit more defensive, in, in in my opinion. On
3: the other hand, Joe, we see people that don't want any market risk because, well, wait, I'm retiring, I can't afford to have the money go down. And then then they're forgetting they're sixty-five years old and a married couple, there's more than a there's a fifty percent chance that one of you is gonna live to age ninety. Inflation
2: will eat you alive.
3: That's that's twenty-seven years and that's the average Half the, half the couples are less, Half are, some are living in their, into their late 90s. And you think about, you're 65 now. In 25 years, do you think there's going to be more medical advances to where we're living even longer? You have, to,
2: you have to account for that. So you still need some growth because of inflation. Right. You have to look at all risks associated with what you're trying to accomplish. If I have all my money in cash, I'm still taking on risk. It's inflation risk. If it's sitting in a retirement account all in cash, now I'm getting eaten up by taxes and inflation. But I'm Really scared of the overall markets. Well, you have to understand how markets work. Well, what about bonds? Interest rates are low. Well, no. You, I, I think there's just a lack of information education. They just hear what they want to hear, and they don't, and then they only do what's what's comfortable right now, today, but they're going to regret it ten years from now.
3: Right. And Joe, we're almost out of time. I'll just highlight some of the rest. Decide when to claim Social Security. We talked about that a couple segments ago. Uh, Look for lower fees. If you have the kind of mutual funds that have very high internal fees, there's probably better alternatives. Strategize to minimize taxes. Look at maybe things like Roth conversions and how you're going to create your income distribution over your retirement to reduce taxes. And then finally, make sure you plan your new lifestyle because it's not just all about money. It's how you fill your time.
1: Do you know what's in your retirement future? How can you make sure you're ready for retirement? We've got a guide for that. Visit the white paper section of the Learning Center at yourmoneyyourwealth.com to download our free retirement readiness guide. This guide contains little-known secrets about creating income to last a lifetime, making the most of your investing strategy in retirement, controlling your taxes, and much more. You'll learn seven plays that'll help you get retirement ready despite all these uncertainties we face. Download the free retirement readiness guide from the white paper section of the Learning Center at YourMoneyYourWealth.com. That's YourMoneyYourWealth.com.
2: What, uh, you got any final parting thoughts? There, I, I do. We
3: started the show with uh, a study that was about uh, Americans and their perception of making it. And uh, And some, uh, this survey, 2,000 people were surveyed and some, um, those that did make it, they were asked the question, then how are you spending your time? So think about it, Joe. What if, what if you made it? What if I made it? What if you made it what yeah. would you do how would you spend your time
2: i don't know man that scares me that's the problem it's like it, it's, it is because
3: we're used to working you
2: No, know, i took two days off over the holidays and right. i'm like oh my god this is geez, anxiety i got problems i gotta see a therapist i gotta see dr pinkelstein i gotta sit down on that black couch and
3: well i'm gonna help you out because this is what the those that made it this is what they say so um, said they enjoyed spending time with family and friends. Okay. Okay.
2: What did the other 70% want to do?
3: (laughs) And I I assume there's some overlap. So maybe this was like, what what do you enjoy most? Uh, I think that was the question. 28%. (laughs) Yeah, only 72% did not enjoy. I hate my family. I hate them. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, the the second highest response was exploring, which I guess means travel. Okay. Exploring. (laughs) Twenty-three percent. Twenty one percent. This is you. All right. Twenty one percent is I still want to work. Yeah. I don't know what else to do. I'm gonna start another
2: business. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know what it's gonna be. Cryptocurrency. (laughs) What are you gonna call it? Golf coin. Dash, too? No, he, golf coin. Golf you can play coin. golf course at, with these coins at any golf, golf course coin, in the I world. Like huh? what do you okay,
3: think? 17 for Scott Legs? <laughs> no, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'll jump on with Amanda B. Johnson on, on Dash. Susan B. Anthony. Yes. <laughs> 17% want to relax and 11% want to help people. Help people in need.
2: Only so ninety percent of people do not want to help anyone. Seventy percent do not want to be with friends and family. <laughs> uh,
3: anyway, there you go. All that's right. uh, that's that's the study.
2: Well, that was a great study.
3: I think so. It's got colorful pictures. It's really cool.
2: All right. Have a wonderful weekend, everyone. For Big Al Clopine, uh, my name's Joe Anderson. The show's called Your Money or Wealth. We'll see you next week.
1: So to recap today's show, to retire this year, all you need to do is set up a health plan, decide when to take Social Security, create a spending plan, adjust your portfolio, have a retirement tax strategy, then decide how to spend all your free time. You'll know you've made it if you have $10 million, two kids, a villa in Italy, and only had to work 31 hours a week at Starbucks to get there. Special thanks to our guest, Amanda B. Johnson. To get more in the weeds with her about cryptocurrency, blockchain, and the rest, just search YouTube for Amanda B. Johnson. Or if you have more time, search Amanda Bill. Rock. Subscribe to this podcast at Your through your favorite podcatcher or on iTunes, where you can also check out our ratings and reviews. And remember, if you've got a burning money question for Joe and Big Al to answer live on Your Money, Your Wealth, just email info at purefinancial.com or call 888 994 6257 Listen next week for more Your Money, Your Wealth, presented by Pure Financial Advisors. For your free financial assessment, visit Purefinancial.com. Pure Financial Advisors is a registered investment advisor. This show does not intend to provide personalized investment advice through this broadcast and does not represent that the securities or services discussed are suitable for any investor. Investors are advised not to rely on any information contained in the broadcast in the process of making a full and informed investment decision.